0: Hey there everybody, it's Pastor Chip, I hope you're doing well. Um, today, well, today, today was a unique day, but um, the title of this thing is, What's Your Best Weapon? What is your best weapon? Um sometimes it takes a friend with a different perspective to give you the right perspective. And that's what happened. Um I've got two friends that's involved in this podcast today, Connie and Vicky. And Connie opened my eyes to something the other day. We were talking and she told a woman she was gonna pray for her and and the woman said, What can prayer do for me? And Connie said Connie said, Prayer is my best weapon. She said it's my strongest weapon. And people. You just don't know the power of prayer. I ain't even got started and I can't start. <laughs> So, anyway, my friend Vicky calls me today. Hey, Vicky, love you girl, and uh we talk, love you too, Connie. love all my friends out there. talking about our world and how bad it is the situations that's going on and and where is god in all this why do we not see the hand of god involved in a lot of this stuff but the truth of it is there's he's probably working in places that we don't see and we don't know and and i told my friend vicky i said Prayer, that's the strongest weapon we've got. We can send money, we can send soldiers, we can send jets and food and whatever to the Ukrainians, but at the end of the day, all we need to do is pray. Pray. I could go on all day about this in Bible stories. You know, the Lord used uh, the Lord just let Jericho fall by them marching around for seven days. You know, and and then he he destroyed a, a whole thousands and thousands of soldiers of, uh, just from the sound of the Israelis coming. They killed themselves when fear and ran. You know, I mean, God can do what God wants to do. But the bottom line The bottom line is We have to pray. We must pray. So to look up to make these verses have an impact on what I'm saying today. And to tie it in with what is God doing? Do we know what God's doing? Can we change God's perspective? His his attitude? Can we change his intentions? People say God doesn't change. God doesn't make mistakes. God God is an awesome God and he's a fearsome God. But God got so mad that he destroyed everybody in the world except Noah and his wife and his three sons and their three wives. And I want you to think about something here. He built that ark for 120 years. That was after he was grown and had kids. He worked for 120 years. That means in 120 years... His three sons and their wives, they had kids. But God only saw eight righteous people. He didn't even take Noah's son uh, grandchildren on that boat with them. Can you imagine building a boat? God's going to destroy the world and you can't take your grandchildren with you. You didn't think about that when you heard the Noah story, have you? (laughs) So let me show you three other stories. Moses is bringing the people out of Israel. And uh, God had called Moses up on the mountain. So, when the people saw that Moses was delayed coming down from the mountain, the people gathered to Aaron and said to him, "Come, make us gods that shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know where he has what has become of him." So Aaron gave in to them, and they got all their gold and got it all together, and he melted it down and and uh Made a golden calf for him. But the Lord sees everything. He's up on the mountain with Moses, right? And the Lord said to Moses, Get down, go, get down, for your people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside from quickly out of the way which I commanded them. So see, the Lord knows. And he's telling Moses, You better get down there. They've gone crazy. And the Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people, and indeed it is a stiff-necked people. Now therefore let me alone, that my wrath may burn hot against them. I may consume them, and I will make of you a great nation. He was going to destroy millions of Jews, because it was estimated millions that came out of Egypt. He was going to destroy all of them. Men, women, children, and make a great nation solely out of Moses and his family. But Moses pleaded with the Lord, his God, and said, Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people, whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians speak and say he brought them out to harm them, to kill them in the mountains, and to consume them in the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce wrath and relent from this harm to your people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants, to whom you swore by your own self and said to them, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven and all this land that I have spoken of I give to your descendants and they shall inherit it forever. Now listen. So the Lord relented from the harm which he said he would do to his people. The Lord relented. Moses prayed. Only Moses. Only Moses. And he saved millions of people from certain destruction. The Bible says the prayers of a righteous man availeth much. One man. One man saved a nation. He prayed for the people. Moses prayed for the people of Israel. And he saved the people of Israel. Had not Moses done that, this book would have been entirely different, wouldn't it? It would been, okay, now let's go to part B. What am I going to do now? But Moses saved them all. Now, I'm going to give you a different example. And I've done this podcast on this guy before. I really love this, this one. I really love this one. This is in 2 Kings 20. It says, In those days Hezekiah was sick and near death. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, went to him and said to him, Thus says the Lord, Set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. Now, first of all, I'm, I've got to say, wouldn't it be awesome if the Lord came to us and told us that, when we were going to die, to set our house in order. Wouldn't you like that? I mean, I would. I mean, it'd be kind of neat to know if I had a week left or five years or whatever. But anyway, then he turned his face toward the wall and he prayed to the Lord saying, Remember now, O Lord, I pray, how I have walked Before you in truth and with a loyal heart, and have done what was good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. (laughs) Now, did you notice the prayer? He didn't beg, he didn't ask for the Lord to extend his life, he didn't complain. He simply said, remember now, O Lord, I pray. Remember now, O Lord, I pray. How I have walked before you in truth and with a loyal heart and have done what was good in your sight. You hear that? And it happened before Isaiah had gone out of the, into the middle court That the word of the Lord came to him saying, return and tell Hezekiah, the leader of my people. Thus says the Lord God of David, your father. I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Surely I will heal you. On the third day you shall go up to the house of the Lord. And I will add to your days fifteen years. I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria and I will defend this city for my own sake and for the sake of my servant David. Man, I tell you what. Woo! This is some awesome stuff. Do you get it? I mean, the Lord to tell you and he hears your prayers every day many of us pray and we wonder does the lord hear our prayers we don't we don't see anything happening you know i mean not that we're aware of and we wonder does the lord hear our prayers and here he says he hears his prayers and i will Give you 15 years. 15 more years. Man, isn't that beautiful? Isn't that awesome? And there's one more I'm going to read to you. And this one is about a king. Who prayed to the people? I mean, to God for His people. Opposite of what the prophet's doing, the prophet is prophesying doom and destruction for the lifestyle they're living. But the king orders his people to pray. Listen to this: So the people of Nineveh believe God, proclaimed to fast and put on sackcloth. Now, this is Jonah. Jonah entered the city and told them that it had 40 days and they were going to be destroyed. He was prophesying for God, okay? So, the people of Nineveh believed God, proclaimed a fast, and put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. Then word came to the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne and laid aside his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And he calls it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast nor herd nor flock. That is every creature in his city. You hear that? Taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink water. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth. And cry mightily to God... Yes, let everyone turn from his evil way, from the violence that is in his hands. Who can tell if God will turn and relent and turn away his fierce anger so that we may not perish? Do you hear that? That is, is, man, can you imagine if we had a leader that stood up in our country, in our In our place of leadership in your countries, capitals, whatever, and said words like this, everybody cover themselves in sackcloth, even animals, and say, Who can tell if God will turn and relent and turn away from his fierce anger so that we may not perish? Not, not in my lifetime. That I'm aware of, has a leader ever had the power on the people like this? It says, Then God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way, and God relented from the disaster that He had said He would bring upon them, and He did not do it. People, I read you three examples of where prayer works. Three examples. It's our greatest weapon. When you are somewhere in a store or in a, on a phone or in the hospital or with a friend, and they say, will you pray for me? And you say, sure I will. Don't you dare walk away. You pray right then. You pray right there. You take their hand and you pray. If you tell somebody you're going to pray for them, you pray. And you pray it out loud. You pray it with confidence. You pray with the power that God has given you. Hezekiah did not sit down and close his eyes and what he turned to the wall and he prayed out loud moses prayed to god and god relented and the king the king of nineveh prayed for his people and god relented you see, in Exodus, a man prays for a people. In kings, a man prays for himself. And in Jonah, a king prays for his country. Where... <laughs> Oh, like that song, Where Have All the Good Men Gone, or however it goes. Where have all the praying men gone? Where have the leaders gone that pray for their countries? Oh, that I would see the day when a president gets on the media and says, I am praying for this country, and he prays. It's tongue-in-cheek to take an oath of office on a Bible. It's tongue-in-cheek to say that you're praying for our president and then you rip up the speech sitting behind him. It's tongue-in-cheek to say that you're a Christian and you do the things that you do in public for the benefit of yourself. What are we as a people doing? The most powerful, sharpest, pointiest, fastest arrow we have in our quiver is prayer. We don't need nobody else to do it for us. We don't need a leader to do it for us. We don't need our preacher to do it for us. We need to wear out our knees, praying. (laughs) I went somewhere last night. I was sitting in a room full of people. And I overheard a man talking. He says, man, my wife has a hard time sleeping at night. He said, but me? He said, I lay down in my bed, put my hands on my chest and Usually I fall asleep before I get through saying my prayers. I don't even get to do the amen. You see, right then he told me the importance of his prayer. Why is he not on his knees beside his bed and praying like a fervent man? At least he's praying some. He's praying a little more than others. But people, we need to be on our knees. We need to be awake. We need to be praying for our nations, our countries, our world, our people. Prayer is where it's at. This is Pastor Chip. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And thank you for your prayers. And I pray that everyone has a safe and uneventful weekend. I pray, Father, that you change the direction of many of our leaders, Lord. And I pray that you guide us in our prayers, Lord. I pray that you open our hearts and our minds. And lead us as a nation and a people back to you, Lord. I pray all these things in your son Jesus' name. Amen.